0: What is it like to tour with Katy Perry, launch a successful career in Christian music, and journey through trials with the eyes of the world watching? All of that and more is coming up on this episode of the Prodigal Stories Podcast. I'm Traygons Phillips. Welcome to the show where Billy Halliwell and I take you through some of the most powerful stories of the day. Stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's episode, we're joined by hit singer-songwriter Tasha Layton, known for songs like Look What You've Done and Into the Sea. So without any further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Tasha Layton, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good. It's been a while since we talked. Obviously, I saw you at the the Kayla Fan Awards. So much has happened since then. I feel like it just seems like time flies by, uh, these days, ever since COVID, uh, time, just kind of, you snap your fingers and it's, you know, the end of summer.
1: It's insane. I think I, right now being a mom of littles, you know, I judge my time on, uh, how quickly my, my kids go out of their clothes. <laughs> it's right. like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally taking clothes out of their drawers that they barely even wore. And, um, and then before, you know, it, it's like they're starting school. So, um, yeah. that's where we are right now in our family.
0: Look, that's one of the things that my parents have said over the years. I'll say, time goes by so quickly. And she said, my mom would say, well, just wait until you have children. Uh, and then when you're seeing time through their eyes, it'll go that much faster <laughs> than it does. Yeah, when like, I've heard you know, it said yourself. the
1: days are long, but the years are short. And that's certainly yeah. true.
0: Yeah. Well, then I want to ask you right off the bat then, what has it been like as a musician, uh, obviously a successful Christian singer, to balance that your career with also being a wife and being a mother that you're, you're wearing a lot of hats at the same time.
1: I am wearing a lot of hats. And sometimes I think, man, can I do this? You know, and uh, those are the times when God will put a word of encouragement, um, you know, in my path or just remind me of my calling, or someone will call out of the blue and offer to help me do something that day, or do my dishes, you know. And it's like, um, you know, I have such a great team. Like it does take a village to do mm. what I do, in some sense. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I get stressed out when the internet goes down at the house, <laughs> and I'm on the phone with AT and T, uh, and you know, just the normal things of life too, like grocery shopping and running errands. It's like. I think at all times some sort of ball is getting dropped. I just have to choose which ones I'm okay with dropping and which ones I'm not. And so I think even recently, God has really taught me a lot about um, making sure that my my husband, my kids, and the ministry those are the three most important things. So if my house is not clean, if um, you know we're eating out a lot that week or whatever. I just need to roll with the punches and not beat myself up and uh, just know that, man, it's just a season, you know, like Hmm. you don't know when things are going to change on a dime. And so you just have to relish every single second that you have and live in that moment, knowing what's most important.
0: Yeah, like, I think that's so true. I want to ask to on that note, what is it like when oh, look, I think as human beings, it's easy to judge ourselves first, like, right? we don't need other people to be judging us, we do a fantastic job uh, of yeah. doing that to our to ourselves. Uh, So what is it like when, when, you know, you do drop a ball and there is some inadequacy there and remembering that God is the one who's adequate for all of those missteps and mistakes that we make, because we're not going to get things perfect. The world's not perfect and we're not perfect. So how have you maybe learned to rely on God in seasons when, man, it just seems like you've got too many balls up in the air?
1: well, it just seems like God meets me in those moments. I think even this week, I had a moment of worry, like, how is this all going to get done? And how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Um, You know, and I was talking with somebody and I just, there was a, a silent moment in the conversation and I just sensed God's presence and just so clearly was reminded of how he has shown up for me in my life. And I was like, why would I even worry about this thing? Why do I stress out? You know, it's his thing, not mine. Like everything I'm doing is his thing, and everything we own, everything we are, it's all his. And so, why would I even? See, I'm gonna even yawn right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's mom life, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. But I, it's, I think this is York real meets life.
1: In those moments, and He meets me in those moments of stress and worry and fear, and When I, you know, am too hard on myself, a lot of times my husband will say, you know, you're being too hard on yourself or, uh, you need to chill out (laughs) or, you know, a good friend will tell me that. And so, um, that's what I count on the Lord to meet me and for my people to be there for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Look, I think over the last several years, so many people have come to know you uh, for your songs like Into the Sea and uh, Look What You've Done have been songs that I know I've heard uh, so often over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, But you've actually been in the music uh, world for quite some time. You sang with Katy Perry, which was something that I actually just recently learned. Tell us a little bit about your journey through your music career and singing
1: well, it it was such a wild ride. I mean, when I got the job with Katie, I was a worship leader at a ch- church in Northridge, California, and had been doing that for four years. And no one knew who I was. I mean, I just literally was just a worship leader at the church. I I went to seminary in California, and when I finished seminary, I just uh, worked at the church. And so, it was just a crazy uh, door opening to begin with that I even got that job and. Uh, when I was on the road with her, um, at first I thought, man, this is such a crazy detour. Like, God, what do you, what do you have in mind? And, you know, looking back at it now, I see his perfect plan and how every little detail of what I was learning with Katie, I use now. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how much, uh, I picked up from that time, that I didn't even realize it was picking up. And so, um. And, you know, I got to cross off everything off my bucket list except have a family. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, I got to tour the world on someone else's dime and not have the pressure of being the leader, you know, uh, or, you know, leading the charge. And um, it was just a great, great experience and that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. I mean, I made so many memories. And um, I think, you know, as far as musical journey, I, I learned a lot about my voice during that time, uh, but it wasn't until I started writing songs that I really found who I was um, as a singer, as an artist, and uh, in that time period, I also experienced a lot of inner healing, and I think you grow as a singer as you grow as a person, and so sometimes when you have a, um, an internal breakthrough, you'll have an external breakthrough in your voice, and I think Um, I I definitely saw that where my voice was changing
0: Mm.
1: when God was healing me and how um, I sang with a lot less fear. I didn't sing with any fear, actually. I I wasn't comparing myself to anybody. I wasn't trying to be anybody else. I was just me. And it was so liberating and so freeing. And um, that only came because of the healing that God did in my life. I I could not have... uh, gone there, so to speak, if, if he had not done that in my heart.
0: And, you know, having been a worship leader in a church, and then going into, you know, pop, uh, singing with a a major pop star, uh, and then now being a Christian recording artist, it seems like in my mind, it's kind of uh, like you found a marriage between the two of being in, you know, popular music, uh, and also, of course, as a Christian artist, still bringing in that worship element. How did that maybe shape some of the songs that you write now?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, I needed to swing the pendulum. I had grown up in the church my whole life. And, um, I will say, I'm not, I hope this doesn't come across as judgmental for anybody out there, but I spoke a lot of Christianese language because I had Mm. grown up in the church and I'm so blessed and I'm doing life with them. And, you know, just um, a lot of words that we use in Christian circles, that um, the normal everyday person that's not religious and uh, they don't get, they don't understand that. They don't have a frame of reference for that. And I think the most beautiful thing that came from my time with Katie is I, I, I didn't uh, have a chance to be at the church every week when I was on tour. We were out in, you know, out of the country, maybe four and five months out of the year at, at one time. And so um, my time away from the church in that season was really shaping for me because when I returned after those seasons of tour, I realized, gosh, if if just anybody walked in off the street, would they understand what we're talking about right now, like the blood of Christ and you know all these different uh, things? And and so I feel like I have found a place. In my communication with people, that uh, marries the two, it 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 certainly involves Christian concepts and the the truth of who God is, but not in a religious language that seems Mm -hmm. trite or put on or um, shallow words. Yeah. Again, I, I hope that doesn't come across as judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental towards anyone in the church. It's just. Um, there is a worldview that, that you get when you step outside of the church for a minute. And, um, and I really appreciate the fact that, uh, I think that comes out in my songs because I'm talking about real pain. I'm not, uh, avoiding anything. Uh, I'm super honest and, but I also, um, like David in the Psalms, there's a hope point in my music when, um, gosh, it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad, but God, he is this, this, and this, and so I've tried to model all of my music after uh, the Psalms, and how David, you know, he's real about where he is, but then he also points people to God.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's so true. We do, as, as believers, we have to find that balance of walking through and being honest about the difficulties of life, but still doing it with a hopefulness, uh, and I certainly think that comes through Uh, in in your songs and your music. And I I wanted to ask you about some of your journey. You've been open and honest about your struggles with depression and uh, even a a suicide attempt. I don't know if you could tell us a little bit about how you journeyed through that and maybe how it informs your songs now.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in the church and uh, always kind of knew what the gospel said about freedom and even in reference to depression and Uh, you know, how we need to view ourselves as children of God. I grew up knowing that, but I didn't feel it in my heart. It was true in my mind, but it wasn't true in my heart. And I felt so stuck. And it was through a series of events uh, in my teen years where I experienced a lot of pain in the church from church leaders that I I just went searching because I, I needed to know that what I I believed was because I believed it, not because I was told. But also, um, I, I needed to just get help because I, I was a Christian and I was still struggling with feeling very alone and isolated, depressed, and all that. And I didn't understand how I could reconcile that. And so, when I was searching um, in all those other religions, I realized you just have to like strive so much. It's about reaching enlightenment. It's about um, pursuing you know, higher power and pursuing nothingness, you know? And, and it's like, I realized that, gosh, in the gospel, Jesus is pursuing us. And something about that really triggered something for me. And I thought, I'm going to go back to church, whether I feel anything or not, I'm just going to go and trust that it's going to, it's going to work out. (laughs) It's going to all shake out because I need it to, it has to, I've tried everything else. And so, um, my lowest of low moment though, was that suicidal attempt. And, you know, although I did go back to church and uh, I went for a year and the Lord used that time to shift the trajectory of my life. And I went to seminary and worked at a church and did all that. I never dealt with the roots of what was causing the depression in the first place. And so um, it wasn't until I did that, I took a sabbatical and I, uh, I met with someone in Colorado who helped me with psychology, uncover the roots, but then we invited Jesus into those memories and into those places. And then we let the Holy Spirit do the work. And I think mm-hmm. that was what I was missing because after spending my whole life in church, knowing, knowing the Bible, studying the Bible in seminary, going to counseling, I had, you know, I went to counseling on a regular basis. I believe in mental health and help with that. Um, I still felt stuck. And what the the clincher really was was me hearing Jesus speak directly to me from those moments, inviting Him and the Holy Spirit into my memories and saying, "Where were you that when that happened to me? And how do you feel about what I was thinking and how I was feeling in those moments, God?" And hearing His voice back to me that brought freedom in a way that I'd never known and didn't ever think I could have, and I. I feel it now more than ever, and I've never gone back in those areas where he spoke to me, and so um, I wrote a book about it called Boundless. I don't know if you knew that, but um, I basically outlined the process that God and my therapist took me through to get me free. Yeah. Look, I think it's
0: so important. And now more than ever, when so many people, I think uh, through COVID, a lot of people either started that, that was kind of the impetus for them dealing with anxiety because there was that, that isolation and there was so much going on that was uncertain, uh, or maybe it uncovered a a depression in them, whether it was clinical or situational. Uh, So I, I think people have a familiarity with it that they maybe didn't before. um, And and maybe that's a silver lining in that there's an awareness now of the need to take care of our mental health and to know that it's okay to, as you said, pursue counseling or to to go see a a, a psychologist and also bring Christ and bring the gospel into those conversations. Um, You know, what word of advice would you say or would you give to a believer who's struggling uh, and and they know that Jesus is who he says he is, that the gospel is uh, is the gospel, but they just are are dealing with uh, anxiety or they're dealing with depression and they don't know where to go.
1: Well, number one, some people can be predisposed to it. I think I've done a lot of genetics testing because I've had uh, issues with my gallbladder, to be honest. And so that's caused me to have to go get some genetic testing. And from that, I realized, oh, I'm predisposed to this to begin with. And so um, knowing that, you know, if you have a a predisposition to it, um, that at some point it could require some medication for you to get past that hump so that you can level out enough to figure out what the root is. But ultimately, you have to figure out what the root of it is. And usually, um, you know, psychologists say our systems are set by the time we're five or six. And so usually it's something from childhood that Um, the enemy used to implant a lie in our minds. And, you know, God needs to go into that memory with us and tell us Mm -hmm. how he really feels about it. And so I think, um, sorry, my phone went off. And so I was turning the volume off. uh, It distracted me. And so um, I think just knowing that, you know, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. And there are so many things about how we view life and God and ourselves and other people that are shaped by circumstances when we're young. And often we have a hard time going back to revisit those things, but it really is getting to the root of what's going on. So if, if there's a believer, if a believer came to me and asked me, Um, what should I do? Well, number one, I'd probably point them to the book because uh, that process was my saving grace in so many ways. God used that in my life tremendously. Um, But also uh, just knowing that You've got to get to the, whatever that means. If you need to phone a friend, if you need to go to counseling, if you need to get on some medicine to level you out enough to where you can go there. Because a lot of times in situations of abuse, we want to go there because it hurts too bad. Or maybe you have a blocked memory because of it. Your body's literally trying to save its identity by blocking your memory and trauma. And so um, I'd say just, man, don't be afraid to get to the root. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And look, one of the last questions I want to ask you actually is um, about your book, because so many times people go... Uh, they 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 identify uh, a trauma in their life, or they ad- identify depression or anxiety, and that is so crippling uh, that they're afraid uh, or, or struggling for any number of reasons to go and get the help that they need. So then, to actually write about that process and be that vulnerable, that had to be a difficult journey for you. What was you know what was the decision making process like to decide to share all of that, and what was it was it difficult?
1: When I decided to write the book, it was not difficult at all to do it because I, um, I would stand for hours out, you know, outside the venues, talking to people who came to events about their life. And I realized I can't walk with everyone, um, through their journey. I need a resource to give them the gold nuggets of what God has given me. And so it was a very easy, easy decision to write the book, Um, The process of writing it was also not hard because I, um, I, you know, grew up feeling like very invulnerable because I was afraid of rejection and didn't want anyone to reject who I really was. So I, I always had some walls up, but I don't have that anymore. Uh, And so I'm an open book and I'm so glad to share whatever God has done in my life uh, with anybody who wants to hear it and the, the only thing that was really tough to write about in the book was the actual suicide attempt I do go into that a little bit and it's just hard to kind of go there um, emotionally yeah. but but I did and it's in there and um I, I do think that it could really help people if they really want to do the work you kind of get what you put in do you know what I mean yeah. like um yeah it's not going to be a magical fix where you go to counseling two or three times and then boom, you're done. Or you get on a pill and it fixes all all your problems. Like that's not how it works. And there are layers to it and it takes time, but it's all worth it.
0: You know it's beautiful to see. You know I'm sure for you looking back to see the goodness of God and that you know He's brought you uh, to where you are today. And not only is your ministry music, uh, your ministry is is helping people through these dark seasons of their life, and and just being honest and open uh, about your own story in hopes that maybe that'll be uh, the light bulb moment for for somebody yeah. else. Um, so in closing, I just want to ask you, what's what's next for Tasha Layton? What can people be looking forward to uh, in the months to come?
1: Well, I, I do have another book coming, uh, which is super exciting. And then uh, I have a fall tour with Danny Gokey and Jordan Feliz, which will be super fun. And a K-Love Christmas tour. Um, yeah. I have a Christmas album coming out. And so I'm so stoked about Christmas. I love Christmas. And uh, then spring tour will be Hits Deep um in the spring and so there's a lot there's a lot happening uh we'll yeah. be on the road I'll be with my family we're we're bringing an RV with the kids this time so uh it's going to be really interesting I've never uh been in an RV and um I've brought my kids on the bus a lot but they've never been with me full time so because my husband tours with Toby Mac yeah. they're definitely coming with me uh full time in the fall so um so it'll be fine we'll see it'll be a grand adventure
0: well, that was Tasha Layton. I'm joined now with Billy Hallowell. What would you think of that conversation, Billy?
2: You know, I thought it was I thought it was interesting how many things you guys hit on. You know, the I, I loved the fact that she openly talked about depression and struggles with faith and really trying to journey through the understanding. I think so many of us try to journey through when we want to own our faith for ourselves. The Katy Perry factor was super interesting, and to me, I mean, her story in its entirety just really brings us back to the reality that God so often meets us where we are and helps carry us to where we need to be.
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the coolest parts of her story one is if you look at all the different pieces, uh, maybe one transition into the next going from being a worship leader to then all of a sudden touring with one of the biggest pop stars uh, in the world probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like it seems like a weird uh, jump from one thing to the next, but I'm sure she can look back in her life and see that God had a plan and He had His hand kind of ordering her steps, right? Because had she not toured with Katy Perry, she maybe probably wouldn't be the well-known Christian uh, pop artist herself that she is now. So uh, it's cool to see God's hand and God's providence and provision um, through her story. It's you know it's like that with all of us. We don't all end up being celebrities, of course, but we all have God's hand guiding us. And usually, at least in my experience, it doesn't make sense. When you're in the box, it only makes sense when you can finally step out of the box and look and see uh, all, how all the pieces fit together.
2: Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can see it now. It's a full picture. While you're going through it, it's often a broken picture that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And you're thinking, okay, God, why are you doing these things? And she even kind of said that. She's like, trying to figure out where does this fit in? Like, how does yeah. this make any sense? And, you know, I don't know. I I love I love when we get to do these interviews because it knocks down the wall, which we've talked about before, but between other people who are celebrities and the rest of us, right? Being able to sort of say, "Oh, they go through the same things." And we know that as believers and we're told that in scripture everybody's equal before God, but you know, that that barrier exists and being able to see that people go through tough things that You know, people who are being honest and open about their depression and mental health struggles and suicidal ideation and all these things that are really unpleasant and difficult to talk about. I admire people like her who are willing to go there.
0: And I think one of the most refreshing parts of our conversation was her saying that she actually models all of her music every every song that she's written she models it after david's writing in the psalms which is you know so honest he was very blunt and transparent if you read the psalms uh, he's kind of all over the place emotionally admitting like how awful he feels or how sad he is how distant from god he feels or how angry he is uh, at unrighteousness and he he just wants god to smite people but then he also wants god to exhibit incredible grace so you know it's just the up and down reality of emotions when you're a human being Uh, So I think it's cool that on top of just being transparent with her own experience, uh, she wants to model her writing uh, after scripture. It says, look, there are really dark and difficult seasons, but at the end of that dark and difficult trial, there is a God who loves you and who is carrying us through these things.
2: Had you talked with her before this or was this your first time?
0: So I spoke with her very briefly at the Kayla Fan Awards, uh, and she was up for a few nominations. She didn't end up winning, um, so we didn't talk a whole lot, but we talked a little bit about her story and about even her past struggles with suicidal ideation, which we briefly talked about in this conversation. Um, So yeah, she's been somebody who I've talked to a couple of times, and it's cool to get to know her. And like you were saying a few minutes ago, Billy, to kind of pull the curtain back and see look, this is just a human being who goes through the same trials and tribulations and highs and lows that we all experience.
2: All right, I'm going to put you on the spot now, and it's totally unrelated. I mean, somewhat unrelated to this, and then you can do the same to me, but who has been your favorite artist, Christian music artist to interview in your career?
0: Oh, uh, that's so hard. Why are you? I, know. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be put on the spot like this. Well, I'm going to You're send it to so... everyone
2: else. I'm going to send it to everyone else you've interviewed after and be like <laughs> look he didn't choose you
0: there have been so many people look i think for king and country i've only spoken to them briefly but they're a really cool uh couple of guys to talk to just to know kind of the the back story behind their inspiration that they're so creative so their sets are always really elaborate so talking to them about that uh has been really cool or talking to ann wilson who we've had on several times uh, talking about her story of of losing her brother uh, and then being who she is today. And so I think just those stories of of going through really difficult and dark seasons and seeing how God can transform them into something so redemptive. Another one that's been great to talk to is Nicole C. Mullen. Uh, and just going through her story, she's been such a a superstar, I think, in Christian music for a long time. So talking with her and just seeing how relatable and down to earth she is, uh, is, is really cool too. So
2: I could go on and on talking, talking about this, but what about you? Well, yeah, you chose everyone. So way to get out of that. (laughs) Um, You know what? I'm going to say Matthew West. I've always, you know, Matthew has become a friend over the years. And I mean, I love everybody. I love literally getting to talk with all of them. Colton Dixon. I'm Let me pull a tray. I'm just going to name 10 people, but, but no, (laughs) if I had to pick, I would say, I would say Matthew West just because. He's one of the most authentic. A lot of his music is based on other people's stories. I think that's really unique. So he's just he's just a cool guy.
0: I will say probably one of my favorite people that I've talked to before is Mark Schultz. I know that's kind of he hasn't uh, you know he doesn't have as much music now. Uh, that's that's as popular. He still is writing stuff, of course. But um, I remember him being in the early two thousands, super super popular. Um, so he's actually he's a really cool uh, interview and somebody that I've enjoyed talking to. Uh, as well. It's hard for me to pick. So I don't know. I guess I, I kind of it out of that question. It's
2: okay. Weasel away. Weasel <laughs> away, Trey. Uh, but no, I think you know being able to do this job and, and talk to so many people, I think that is one of the most rewarding, rewarding things. I really do. I, and I love getting yeah. to present it on this podcast. But But for me, selfishly, I just enjoy learning from all these different people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, one of the last things that I want to bring, out, bring up about our conversation with Tasha uh, is something that I think is so pertinent today, uh, because I think it's so, so easy to do this as a Christian, particularly someone like her who grew up in the Christian church. I'm the same way I grew up around Christianity. She talked about how she knew the things of God to be true in her mind, uh, but it was not true in her heart. I think that's something that we all can slip into struggling with. Uh, and I know that's, some, that's a common thread that's been throughout a lot of the people that I've talked to. I'm sure it's been true uh, with people that you've talked to who grew up in the Christian churches. It's easy to kind of uh, to, to let these things just become rote and, and, you know, in one ear and out the other. It just becomes a, a practice that you do. Um, but to, to hear someone talk about the importance of letting it, uh, you know, siphon down from just being in your head and also being in your heart. I think it's so important.
2: It is. And and I think that when you do grow up in the church for a lot of people, that moment happens where you have to figure it out. Are you going to, are you going to embrace it for yourself or are you going to leave? And, you know, you've got to, you got to like dig in on that. And so it was interesting to hear her talk about that. I thought that part of her story was, was really compelling.
0: Yeah. So, and then the last thing that I'll say, and and then we'll wrap this up because we've been, we've been talking for a long time now. It's, it feels like, yeah, we're torturing um, people
2: here. Today. I know,
0: I know. Uh, but I think probably the the greatest nugget, I think the takeaway from what Tasha Layton had to say is that in other religions, it's all about the work that we do. Uh, but with Christianity, it's about the work that Jesus did on the cross. Uh, and it's about his pursuit of us. We don't have to chase after somebody. Uh, we have a Jesus, we have a God who is constantly pursuing us and wants a relationship with us. And that's what sets our faith apart from all other faiths. So there are also, you know, obviously false faiths, but uh, that's what you know sets the one true God apart from all of the counterfeits. Um, So anyway, we could talk about this for a long time. That's all the time we have for this episode. Tune in next week for another episode of the Prodigal Stories Podcast.